Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Healthy Perspectives podcast. Thanks for joining us for today's journey, and I hope you enjoy. All right, all right. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. This is going to be a good one today. Um, It's a tougher topic. There is a great U.S. weakness right now. And as a therapist, I think I see this pretty clearly. So I'm going to pose a question to you as a starting point. The question is, what do Brittany Griner and Nancy Pelosi have in common? That's a good question. There's so many potential connections, or maybe it doesn't seem like there's any. But here it is. They both point directly to the great U.S. weakness. So what is the great U.S. weakness, you're probably wondering? Loyalty. Loyalty is the great U.S. weakness. Right now, we are split down the middle in a lot of things. And it is an us against them, but it's one giant we. We are one giant group of people, and we are splitting ourselves into parts and defining ourselves that way. In truth, I gotta say, I'm taking some bold statements today. I have seen gang members on the street, I have seen kids who have been put in programs and told that they are less than that understand this concept better than many of our media folks, our politicians, famous people who are activists. If that doesn't frustrate you, then I don't know what will, because at the end of the day, we are the United States of America. If you are a citizen in this country, you are one of us, period. That's a full stop period, the end of the sentence. So what is loyalty? You know, you can look up the definitions. You know, it's an allegiance, you know, one one team, one nation with different parts, but one. We are one. But I'm going to give you a better example. This is something that seems to be getting lost in the mix somehow. But I have a brother And if my brother is getting um, harassed or picked on by somebody that is outside of my family, I will absolutely be by his side, 100%. Now, if he's wrong, I will kick his ass on my own. I don't need somebody else to do it. But don't you come and mess with my brother. Don't do it. And guess what? He would do the same thing. That's loyalty. That doesn't mean I'm going to tolerate stupidity. If he does something stupid, that's his own crap and he will deal with it. And don't come and harass my brother because you think he's stupid. Let us know and we'll deal with it together. That is loyalty. And if we expand that out, at the end of the day, 
what we're looking at with, uh, like I said, the media, we're being divided by our own people. That's not a good practice. It's not a good idea. We're being divided by our politicians. Not a good practice. Not a good idea. These famous people who have lots of uh, power, social power, and are taking activist stances and dividing our people, not a good idea. Where is the loyalty to the us? Look, I teach this in couples work, in, in, in individual therapy, in family work. There's you, there's me, and there's us. We have to always be protecting us. Because if you go down, I go down. And if I go down, you go down. Us, we are very important. And if we lose track of that, which we are, it is right now, to me, it is one of the great U.S. weaknesses. We are losing track of the reality that we're all on the same team. What happens if the United States gets attacked? Which could happen. It's happened before. Do we unite or do we stay divided? Because if we stay divided, which is what we're doing right now, we are much, much weaker. We lose strength by being divided. That doesn't mean we agree with everybody on everything. That's asinine. That's crazy talk. But at the end of the day, if we forget that we are loyal to one nation, one, not two political parties, but one nation, if we forget that, we are in big trouble. So what would loyalty look like? If I look back in time, I look at things like morality and character, which I've talked about a bunch. Just look at last week's podcasts. Abraham Lincoln showed us a great example of loyalty. He lost all of his best friend's money and then spent, I think, I think the story was 17 years. I'd have to look that up. It's been a while, but I, I repeat this story often. So I know he's borrowed a whole bunch of money and spent a bunch of years paying it back. Why? Loyalty. There was nobody who could make him do it. He chose to do it. I look at somebody like a Roberto Clemente. Roberto Clemente died in a plane crash doing what? Helping the place where he came from. That is loyalty. Now, I wish he didn't die because if you, if you know why, if you know me at all, you know why I brought him up. He is one of my all-time favorite baseball players. Not just because of the way he played the game, but the way he lived his life. He lived a, a life of being a giver. He was service-oriented. He would sacrifice his own time, energy, and resources to help others. And I loved that about him. Walter Payton. He has this man of the year. Man of the year doesn't mean the best football player. It means the person who contributes on the field and off the field. They participate in their community. That's donating time, money, whatever else they've got. That is a great representation of what loyalty looked like. 
and still looks like because those awards go on and on. There's a guy you've probably never heard of, Doug Dickey. Some, somebody I learned about when I was in the military. He was a Marine. Back in 1967, he jumped on a grenade and grabbed another one and pulled it under because he knew that if he didn't or if somebody didn't, then a whole bunch of people were going to die. And he died, obviously. <laughs> Two grenades, you're not getting out of that one. That is loyalty. He's saying, I am here to protect you at all costs. You are that important. Our mission here will survive because you survived. Somebody like Daryl Strawberry, who was one of my childhood heroes. Man, I liked watching that guy play. And he was not a great person at the time in terms of his behaviors off the field. But he has a redemption story that is phenomenal. And people stuck with him enough to get him to that redemption story. He could not have done that alone. He required others to be loyal to him. That doesn't mean they tolerated it. Somewhere along the journey, he got straightened out. And now he can tell the story about how that happened. But I guarantee it has person after person after person who were trying to help by being loyal to him. Not to his behaviors, but to him, the person. So what does it look like? It also looks like these groups that I have run in the past where we create depth of conversation and we're vulnerable and we're real and we say what we think and we find out that we're right or wrong, but we have the safety in the group to do it. That's loyalty. It's like, I'm not going to pigeonhole you into what you are today, but I'm going to accept that you are this right now. And there are good things and bad things about that. But I'm in it with you. And if you get to the other side of this, man, we might end up being best friends. That is what loyalty looks like. It's depth. It's real. It's relational. It also looks like public protection, but private correction. We see the opposite of this going on right now when we look in the media. It's terrible. When we look at trying to accomplish uh, important social changes that I hear about, we're never going to get there unless we make this shift. This is so critical to the shift of getting those social changes that we want. And that would be public protection with private correction. This isn't new. This isn't like, I'm not making this crap up. But we have to protect each other publicly and correct each other privately. Teamwork. That is setting aside hate for unity and togetherness. Having played on many teams, when we look at what unity and togetherness means, it doesn't mean we all agree. There were guys in the dugout I didn't care for very much. But on the field, we set aside those differences because they were not my enemy. We need to do that as a country. 
Because we have people out there looking at us and saying, hmm, the United States, they're looking pretty weak. They're looking pretty divided. So what would it look like today? Look, I gave you several examples and a couple of, uh, uh, of important concepts. But what would it look like today? I got to circle back around. I started off with, hey, the, the great U.S. weakness what would the U.S. strength look like? And I think about somebody like Nancy Pelosi. I don't care if you agree or disagree with her politics, but she flies out of the country to Taiwan, and we hear about this threat of her being shot down. And then the White House, the administration, says they have no stance on it. That is not loyalty. We should say... We have a stance. She's one of us. Don't mess with her. Period. It should be over. We don't have to we don't have to threaten anything. Just say it as a matter of fact. She is one of us. Don't do it. Move on. Let them wonder. It's none of their business because loyalty is loyalty. She is one of us. Whether we agree with her or disagree with her. Let's take a look at the next one. Brittany Greiner. She's one of us, whether we agree with her or disagree with her. Like I know like this drives me absolutely crazy. There are people talking about how she kneeled at the anthem. Uh, first of all, I don't agree with kneeling at the anthem. Like I understand the cause. I think it's a terrible methodology. That being said, she's one of us. She's one of us. Why are we not defending her? saying, bring her back, we will hold her accountable. She's one of us. Give her back to us. Let us manage the other side of that. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into that, but the stance should be clear. She's one of us. Anybody who's saying, well, because she behaved in this way or that way, look, she's one of us. Loyalty doesn't mean we agree with them. It means they are one of ours. So we bring her back and then we deal with it. We say, you know, once she's back, we can say, absolutely. Like, are you going to continue to kneel at the anthem? Because if so, we're going to have a problem. Like that is not, look, we, we fought for you because we, you are one of us and you are going to disrespect the, the rest of us like that that's a bad idea probably don't want to do that right it's the same thing if if my brother was acting like an idiot like it's not your place to kick his butt it's my place to kick his butt so let's talk about pat toomey who comes out publicly with courage and says there was a 400 billion dollar gimmick it's a an accounting gimmick in the the house bill well, I put out a post. I put out a post to try to understand what this is because I didn't get it. I, I just didn't get it. I had not been educated in that particular manner. And so I got zero responses. None. Nobody would respond to me like about the gimmick. What is the gimmick? Finally came across what the gimmick is. And the gimmick is this. They took a category of spending, $400 billion. And they said, we want to make it permanent spending. They changed the language. 
Well, that sounds good on the surface, but what it creates is a shift in the, the uh, accounting. So it takes it from one category into another category. Once it does that, it looks like there's this $400 billion hole that could be spent on anything we want. And there are apparently, now I don't know the, any facts behind this, but there are apparently uh, plans to fill that hole with other spending. Well, that means we just upped our budget by $400 billion. So then somebody's going to come along and probably say something like, well, this isn't an increase. We had this $400 billion spot. No, we didn't. We shifted that over to another spot. So we're still going to be spending an extra $400 billion. The easy way to close that, leave the language the way it originally was. It's not what they call mandatory spending. It means that it's qualified spending. This, this idea that when a person meets criteria, which the, the VA is supposed to figure that out, then they get the services and all of that is covered with this money. The other thing that I'm concerned about when I read that now is if it's mandatory spending, it means they have to spend it. And if they have to spend it, they're going to find things to spend it on that may not be the things we want it spent on. This is how uh, governments end up spending $700 on a toilet. You don't need a $700 toilet. You're going to take a poop in it. What you need is a regular toilet that you can sit down and poop on. Like That's it. You don't need something fancy. Sit down, go to the bathroom, get up, move on. Make sure you clean up behind yourself, please. But we didn't listen to Pat Toomey. We didn't understand. He said gimmick and he should, in my opinion, he should have been a little more clear. But we got to, loyalty looks like we slow down and we listen to try to understand. It's called empathy. That's loyalty. We do that for our family. We should do that for each other. And then I'm going to go into this one. Just briefly, Will Smith. Will Smith had this altercation on the stage. Man, one of the best apologies, public apology. He, look, he made the mistake publicly, then he went quiet, and then he made his apology publicly. That is good relational practice. Now, I don't care if you like the guy or don't like the guy. What I can tell you is he's doing the right things to be relational, to try to make this as right as he can. And he owned it fully. He owned it. He just said, look, my actions were not in line with what I believe. And so for my actions, I am sorry, is more or less what he said. And loyalty is get him back in the movies. Like there's no reason to uh, you know blacklist him, put him on the no not ever list. We shouldn't do that. Why? Because he's doing the right things. Like if, if my brother were to screw up and then he comes and he apologizes to me, saying, "Man, I really messed that up," and then you know whatever he messed up out there, he goes and he apologizes for that. He says, "Look, I didn't represent myself, my family, or you guys very well." Th that's what we want. That is somebody we can get behind and say, hey, look, that's somebody who's going to do some growing. Now, you know, should Will Smith go out and repeat this act over and over? 
we've got big problems. But as long as he doesn't go and repeat it, our loyalty is to him. He's one of us. I painted a picture of one of our greatest weaknesses right now. I am hoping that all, all my friends that are on the street that I worked with uh, back when I was in some public schools in the Portland area, go pee down. All of the people that I've interacted with in programs can be proud of this conversation because loyalty is important. It doesn't mean we forego our morals. What it means is we treat those that are on our team as our team. They're in our family. They are our family. We don't have to like that our kids married so-and-so. Hey, you're part of the family now. I'm going to be loyal to you. That doesn't mean I'm going to like everything you do. And if you screw it up, I'm going to come and tell you. But I'm loyal to you. And we need to bring back some loyalty in this country. In the Marine Corps, there's a, there's a motto. It's God, country, Corps. What is that saying? That's saying we are on the same flipping team. And we are. You and I are. I know I came a little bit hot today. I hope it wasn't over the top, but I, this, is, this is one of those really important and uh, challenging topics that we hit here at Healthy Perspectives. Thank you for listening. Please tell your friends, share this, get this one out there. Let everybody know what we're doing here and let's have good, hard conversations and let's do it together. Let's do it you and me. Let's do it all of us. Have a great day.